Ladies and gentlemen, we have the founder, the CEO, the what, whatever you want to call yourself, Mr. Arnold Kim of Mac Rumors. I, this is, I never thought we would actually do this, honestly. Uh, me and Harley were talking about with the, some of the episodes we've done already, just being in person because he lives like so many miles, thousands of miles 5, away. Miles. And then actually getting you to come on the podcast was another like bucket list podcast item, so... Thanks. Yeah, no, thanks. thanks for coming on. Thanks for thanks for employing us. <laughs> <laughs> this wouldn't be possible without you. Nothing would be possible in terms of Macrimer's land without you. And so that's what we wanted to do in this podcast is kind of like go over the history of Macrimer's because it is pretty like, I mean, what, since 2000? Yep. So 23 years. Crazy. Uh, there's a yeah, I mean, there's a lot that has gone into it. So like the first question that I think everyone needs to know is like, what made you start Mac Rumors? What were you doing at that time before you started Mac Rumors? And kind of give us like the brief like birth of it. Yeah. So um, the history is I, I've talked about the history before. It's it's a weird sort of backstory. Uh, so I was actually uh, pre med in college. I actually went to medical school, and then my last year of medical school, which was two, 1999 to 2000, um, I started Mac Rumors and. I was always sort of techie. I, I was a computer science major as well in college. Um, and then late 90s were like dot-com growth and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was dabbling in web stuff just because it was, you know, such a big deal at the time. Uh, but Mac Rumors was very much a hobby. Um, I guess at the time I was always an Apple fan. And I was at the time, so in the late 90s, there were there was like an Apple web. Like there were like websites related to Apple. Um, Mac World, of course, was around, um, Mac Surfer, Mac Central, there were a bunch of like small Mac sites, Mac NN at the time, mm -hmm. and they all had, um, and there were forums around, so people would discuss, and I, ended, I don't know, I don't forget what I was looking to buy, but I was always like in the forums trying to figure out when the next whatever was coming out, or, you know, and there were like rumors, sort of, like, it, not quite as formalized as they are now, but um, there's be chatter, there'd be some article in like some publication and the, there'd be like a throwaway line about like Apple's next something and people would like dissect that on, mm -hmm. on the forum. So uh, I was already in that world. I was enjoying it. And then I think, um, how I ended up starting Mac rumors was, um, actually, uh, I think MacRumors.com as a domain came up as an like expired domain. Oh, okay. Um, so someone owned it before you, someone owned it before me, but, um, I mean, at the time, like expired domains would like cycle through and so i was just looking through a list again because i was like sort of interested in the whole dot-com stuff and then uh i saw it and i was like oh that that sounds you know relevant to me um but i didn't actually um think about it as like a business or anything so mm -hmm. anyway i registered it i threw up a website i used some off the shelf like blog software which it wasn't even called blogs back then mm -hmm. uh, it was based on slash dot which is like this other it was a linux news for nerd site and so mac rumors was sort of like the mac version of that or the apple version of that okay and so i just threw it up i just posted a few things and um it slowly grew from there so that was in 2000 was there like a pivotal point where you saw like oh this could be my full-time thing so i did finish medical school i did i went to residency uh, and then ultimately did a fellowship. So during that time in the early 2000s, this was like, again, in Apple time, it's ancient history, like mm -hmm. before the iPod came out. So this was still, Steve Jobs had come back and that was a big deal and the, like the iMac and all that was happening. Um, but Apple was still very much like the underdog. So um, 
uh, Mac rumors slowly grew, I think just word of mouth. And again, like, um, it was a good domain. Mm -hmm. Um, so it slowly started growing during that time. But, um, and so we sort of built this authority, like, you know, the web wasn't that big. I get the Mac web wasn't that big. So there weren't, you know, Mac rumors like was relevant pretty quickly. And then, um, in terms of like when it blew up, I guess is sort of, you know, we'd grown significantly during that time, but really iPhone launch is when things like got crazy because then everyone else cared about sure. apple at that point so before that it was still like the hardcore like even the ipod i guess was getting traction after a few years but um the iphone was like a noticeable shift so was it a challenging decision moving from uh, your medical career into Mac rooms full time was that was that was there did you feel a tension around that or was it really a, a sort of an obvious path so I, I always say i mean so mac rumors was doing well uh few years in, I guess. So um, in terms of like internet history, like dot-com crash happened in 2000. So like all the ad money went away for a number of years. So around 2004 is when things started picking back up. Um, so like 2005-ish, it's possible I could have like said, oh, this is actually a thing. I should focus on it. But being in the medical track, it's it's a little hard to get out and go, go back in. So uh, there's a lot of momentum there. Um, so I stuck through it for longer than I think... Um, I don't know, I could have or should have. Um, there are a number of reasons, but um, ultimately, like, I think when the iPhone launched and things blew up even further, and then I was like at a point where in my life where like I was about to um, join a practice. And so it was sort of a decision of, you know, fork in the road ultimately. And then we also had my first kid like right around then, which also took up a lot of time. So I, um, I finally quit in 2008 and went full time on Mac Rumors. But uh, again, financially, it was doing pretty well at the time in terms of like it wasn't like a huge risk short term. But, um, you know, long term, it was a little unclear how long Mac rumors would be around. Um, and then the medical, you know, obviously your medical medical career is a little more stable. And then obviously I have parents that I was going to say. <laughs> so like, how does your family, you know, you said you're about to have a kid. So you have a wife at this point, right? Yeah. And then your parents, like if I told my parents, you know, we talked about this even over the course of this week, like telling people what we do is still hard for them to like fathom. So, so even back then. So, I, so I'm Korean. My parents are Korean. They, okay. uh, my dad's a doctor or was a doctor. He retired. Um, but they moved over to the U.S. And obviously they were very sort of, traditional stereotypical mm -hmm. Asian parents, which is like, you know, education is super important. They want me to be a doctor. They really were like, <laughs> um, you know, encouraged me to go to medical school, which I did. Um, so telling my parents was actually probably one of the big reasons it, like I, it took so long <laughs> just because it was hard to like, I don't yeah. know, it's hard to have that conversation. Um, but I guess ultimately I waited long enough. So I, at that point, Mac rumors had gotten big enough where even my dad's like colleagues like knew of it and oh, felt okay. like, Wow. There was a lot of, I guess, social acceptance in his circles, too, at that point, where I think when he went, you know, I think people were like, actually surprised I was still doing medicine at the time and not focusing on Mac rumors. So I think by the time I finally did come out and tell them and say, hey, I'm going to quit and all that, um, they were surprisingly okay with it. This episode of the Mac Rumors Show is sponsored by HelloFresh. With spring in full force and summer right around the corner, many people are going to be out and about enjoying the weather, you know, baseball games, soccer, whatever the case may be, you're all going to be busy and you might start thinking about doing takeout more, but don't do that. Get HelloFresh instead. Their quick and easy meals make feeding the family a cinch and without the high price tag. Their new fast and fresh options are ready in just about 15 minutes or less. 
but HelloFresh does more than just delicious dinners. Not only can you take your pick from 40 weekly recipes, but you can choose from over 100 items to round out your order. Anywhere from snacks and easy lunches to desserts and pantry necessities, everything arrives in one box on a delivery day that you choose. Now, we've been using HelloFresh at home, and the meals have been incredible. I'm not sure what it is about the meat love sandwiches, but they're just so good. And pretty much any Asian-inspired dish that's offered, I immediately choose that one because I know it's just going to be amazing. Also, for you families out there, we get HelloFresh meals to feed our entire family of five, and everyone loves it over here, and it just helps save time on those days where we are rushing out the door with a jam-packed schedule for the kids. Now, go to HelloFresh.com Mac16 and use code Mac16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Mac16 and use code Mac16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping and start enjoying HelloFresh today. America's number one meal kit. Like during that time when it was like you were able to switch full time, how many people did you have working on it? Was it still just you or? So 2008 was still me. And I mean, I had some like help, Mm -hmm. like especially because I I did have a day job. So people would, you know, but no one full time. It was all sort of like here and there, like, I guess freelancers ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in 2000, so once I quit, I, I was full-time. I was, like, covering it. Um, I was doing everything, you know, like, yeah. um, both tech side and editorial. And then Eric was the first hire, and he started in early 2009. So then from wow. then on, it, it sort of, we added people over the years. How many full-time employees do we have right now? I think it's 11. Okay. That's insane. Do you feel that that really built momentum when you started to actually get a sort of build the staff team? Do you feel that that sort of really started the trajectory or was it a more of like a natural uh, growth? No, I mean, I think um, I, I think it was really rough, like in terms of like time commitment for me. I was like, I felt like I was on 24-7, like right when I, because also I felt like pressure to like, oh, this is my only job now. Yeah. I should really like make it happen. <laughs> So I I really feel like I was like on call all the time. Like, you know, if anything happened, I was responsible for, yeah. um, you know, keeping up with it. And then so really just adding people was sort of like cutting down on those responsibilities. So like Eric, you know, took over like a lot of the editorial during the day. And then um, over time, we just added more people depending on what we needed. Um, and no, I think it helped certainly with growth, consistency. Um, I mean, if you... I mean, I don't encourage you to do this, but if you look back at like articles written in 2001, 2002, yeah. some of them are like two lines, yeah. three lines. And again, I was like in the middle of medical school. So yeah. I was just sort of like throwing stuff out there as need be. But then over time, I think the quality did improve. But we did sort of, I don't know, I feel like we retained our voice ultimately. And, um, you know, it's still, um, we haven't changed that much tone wise. So what do you think has changed the most then? Um, and what do you think is most the same? That's that's a sort of interesting idea, especially for a site that has been around for so long at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I don't know. So publishing is weird. So whole, like I said, when we started blogs weren't, uh, I don't think the uh, term was coined at that time. I think that came a few years later. Um, so there was like the rise of the blog networks, like in the late 2000s. So like Gizmodo and Gadget, that all happened like right around then. Um, and sort of we grew with that. Lately, I would say the big change or challenges have been like, um, there's a lot of doom and gloom in publishing, but a lot of that's because of social media. So mm-hmm. there's so much time is spent on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok that, um, you know, you're really competing for attention. And so like, 
the people 10, 15 years ago who might have been like, oh, I'm going to visit Mac Rumors and, you know, New York Times and CNN or, you know, whatever. Now they're probably like sitting on Facebook or sitting on Twitter and sort of yeah. ingesting it as it comes at you. So uh, I think that's the biggest sort of change and challenge has sort of been the growth of social media and somewhat decline of like traditional, I guess, blogs. How do you feel about the notoriety of this site? I mean, it's like one of, if not the biggest, like Apple centric blog in the world. You've had celebrities that read it. We've talked about Jason Siegel, you know, <laughs> that's, mentioned. That's really my claim to fame. I love that Jason Siegel. I mean, it's amazing. He literally calls out Mac rumors, gives the tagline, which I didn't even know we had a tagline. I know he, he, he made that up. Okay. So, so it wasn't a real tagline. <laughs> I, think, I think we adopted it after he said it, which was, uh, that's Mar amazing. Marvelous Mac news today. Yeah. We're like, oh, that's amazing. We should, we should definitely wow i thought that he just quoted no, the tagline i'm like i didn't even know we had tag no, he made, he it, made up. it up That's... the great thing is he he mentioned it re repeatedly it wasn't just like a one-off yeah. yeah there's like print interviews of him talking about mac rumors yeah. i didn't even know that either you told me about that yeah. and i looked it up and i'm like oh, i didn't know that yeah there's another there's another interview <laughs> like, about some other like five years recently when he's yeah. promoting uh his book he and, he, and it's the book is about technology and he just says, yeah, it all goes like the back, goes back to Mac rumors. Yeah. He says he literally every morning would wake up and check Mac rumors. That's what it says in the thing. All right. Well, A, I love that. And yeah. I have to find that interview. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll find it after this. And, um, but, but go to the point, I, I'm sure he doesn't do that anymore. I feel like he's probably on whatever social media he's on. I, I hope he's on so. Apple TV plus. So he certainly couldn't say that he's doing that. We've, yeah. we've tried to tell, you know, some way if he happens to read the, we're trying to communicate to him <laughs> so we can get him out here on the podcast. But yeah. Oh yeah. If Jason Siegel wants to come to the yeah, yeah. podcast, Arnold's join it back in on that one. Yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean like, how does it feel to have that? Like when you tell people and they like, Oh, I, I read that website. That's you. Like, that's crazy. No, it's amazing. Obviously it's sort of weird to like think about. I, um, I mean, I don't think it's like, it's not quite as mainstream as some things. So I feel like I'm, I'm not, it doesn't like, you know, get to my head or anything. Cause like, depending on who you meet and depending on what circles they run, you know, like a lot of people just are like, what, what's that? And then yeah. like, they don't understand. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it sort of depends. Some people of course are very familiar with it. Some people have vis visiting it for years. I mean, it was part of Hartley's lifestyle before he got hired as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from from a young age, I was reading Mac Rumors. Yeah, no. So like, obviously, that that's crazy to think about. Yeah. That like, um, you know, and like, I met someone like not long ago who um was younger than Mac Rumors was, um, like so that was weird. But they were also a fan. You're almost there. You're almost there. <laughs> I, you, you were a, slightly on the other end. You were a wee little lad at that time. Yes, I, I was. I was. I'm allowed to say these British tropes now after you made me try to impersonate it you this very, week. It was a very good impersonation. I'm not doing an impersonation. Say, not right now. I'll, I'll save not, that for a, for a bonus episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, kind of piggybacking off of that, like, you've had a lot of success what about challenges? Like what was like one of the biggest challenges that you can recall in terms of like owning a website primarily set around leaking things that a major, major company is like, doesn't want this info to get out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, I think obviously like legal challenges are always scary. Like right. Apple's never been that aggressive. We've definitely gotten cease and desist over the years, but they did sue another rumor site. Uh, think secret. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I've read about that. And they ultimately settled and they shut down. And I, I, I feel like there was a little sort of mixed, unclear about what that meant. Um, but any sort of legal stuff stressed me out. Like, 
terribly. Have we had any legal issues that we're allowed bad, to talk about? But, okay. I mean, nothing like, you know. Nothing scandalous. But, you know, certainly Apple's legal is a little intimidating. So sure. that sort of thing. But, you know, again, ultimately, I think um, what's interesting is I think after that lawsuit with Think Secret, I feel like Apple just kind of like stepped back and was like, all right, we're just going to, you know, like the whole blog world is so weird now. Like back in the day, there were like rumor sites and then there were non-rumor sites. And they were very distinct, and Apple very much did not like rumor sites. Um, but over the years, everything's blurred now. Like The Verge, New York Times, they published as many Apple rumors as we do. Well, that's the other thing that, like, you know, a relationship with Apple, I don't think it's bad, but it's not like some of the other websites that primarily because of the leaks and rumors, I'm guessing. I think it's a domain name, ultimately. I think it's there's a historic bias. So, like, Mac rumors seems a little more... right. But you know, doesn't that ever frustrate you when you see these other, like, even creators now, YouTube, I mean, they have people that they work with that report and read our articles in their videos, and they're doing the same thing, and yet we're kind of like, we're also benefiting Apple as well. I mean, everything we do helps yeah. them in a way. Yeah, you, I mean, I think ultimately, like, I kind of accepted sort of, you know, I think the whole rumor, like, you know, the fact that this is like a very much a fan base, you know, lots of Apple fans just very interested in what Apple's doing. Um you know, I think us being sort of unofficial probably helped as well. Like mm -hmm. in terms of like, we weren't beholden to Apple specifically. Um, you know, they couldn't disinvite us from things because we weren't invited. <laughs> we didn't care. <laughs> you cannot invite us. We're not going. So ultimately, <laughs> I think it's sort of part of it. You know, yeah, I, I yeah. feel like it, it, we had our place in the world sort of. So what do you think the most satisfying win has been over the years? So there's been there's been some great scoops. Like one that sticks in my mind is uh, uncovering the name of the iPad. Uh, before it was announced, I think that was from trademark filings. Oh yeah, um, that was a that's a pretty big one that stands out to me. But is there anything that uh, you recall that was like a really satisfying, exciting win? I mean, so part of it I think is depending on like when I was doing editorial. Obviously, there's like it, it almost felt like a personal win if you like yes. found something, dug into something, and found something that turned out to be true. Um, and then like last minute rumors. Again, this was like years ago. I remember when the 17 inch MacBook. Pro or was about to come out or the MacBook, I guess at the time at the time. And um, I don't know, we published that like it was right last minute. It was like the night before, but it also at the time seemed so absurd that people were like, anyway. So and then that turned out to be true, obviously, the next day. But um, I don't know. I feel like personally I had a lot of wins back in the day. Like more recently, I guess um I kind of take pride more as like a, a broader sense, I think. Um, I'm very proud that Mac Rumors is still relevant, I guess, in 2023. Um, like I said, the, the Apple web was, um, there was a lot of small independent Apple sites, or Apple blogs um, back in the day. But there's been a lot of consolidation. Most of them have fallen away or gone out of business. Um, so the fact that we're still like relevant in like the whole tech scene as like a, you know, Apple news blog. Um, I mean, we're more than relevant. I yeah, you know, I mean, but I mean, like I said, I think I could name half a dozen other sites that kind of fell out yeah, of relevancy yeah. that were bigger than us back like early sure. on. And, um, you know, I, I am proud of that, like that mm -hmm. we still like maintained our, you know, prominence, I guess. Is, is this, do you think there's some strategy behind that, some sort of recipes for, for, for success that these websites lacked? Was it that they were not sufficiently adaptable or they didn't, they didn't grow? What do you think it was? That's a good question. I, I mean, in terms of like why, it's hard to say for sure. I think for us, we obviously we we grew to a volume of traffic that was sustainable, like in terms of like revenue. Um, and I think we've done a good job sort of catering to our core audience, like not 
alienating them too much, not going too far. Like, I think as sites grow, there's sort of more pressure to grow. So I think you'll see like certain sites start branching out into other topics, like, you know, becoming more general broad tech. We've kind of tried to focus and stay um, true to our like, you know, ultimately our domain name, I guess, our, our whole focus is Apple. And um, I don't know, I think that, I think good, right? you know, I think our um, writing has been very consistent over the years in terms of tone and like, um, you know, taking it seriously sort of and not becoming um, purely gossipy, like, you know, yeah. sketchy or yeah. like, you know, just publishing stuff just to get traffic or anything like that. I feel like our core audience still sort of respects that we are still the way we have been. Yeah, there's a lot of vetting that goes in. We're not going to just find wild rumors from random Twitter user and then post it no. without, <laughs> with, without, without some decent I mean, vetting. The world we, has changed, we, so. might, we might talk about it. Like, this is a cool, interesting aspect, but it's, you know. Yeah, but I feel like always we, we, always, we always caveat things. We always make sure that we provide that full yeah. context. We don't present uh, we don't present things um, as though they are fact. We and we and we do say, you know, this is a reliable source. This is their track record. We provide that context, and it's ultimately up to readers to make up their own mind and put the pieces together. I'm a little more loose with it, <laughs> but I have a whole different. It's like a different space. Your, your perspective on it is a little bit different from the yeah. from the video. I side. mean, obviously, with social media, everything's changed. Like someone, you know, an individual account can get a ton of like mm -hmm. traffic and like views. So, like, you know, I think sometimes you just have to report things that are like getting traction. So regardless of how, but then you caveat it and say, well, this person's never said anything before. So you've owned some really interesting. I'm just going to go to this Yeah, one. No, this is a great question. <laughs> um, so you've owned some really interesting domains over the years. Could you take us through some of the, some of the best ones? <laughs> like you owned AppleWatch.com, right? I still own AppleWatch.com. You still do? Yeah, it points to my Twitter. That's um, amazing. No, so obviously like being in the rumor world and like, so also being sort of, you know, internet-y and like, Buying domain, you know, I definitely bought up a ton of domains over the years. Um, I probably the um, so Apple Watch uh, I had for years before the Apple Watch came out, and then right before the MacBook Air came out, I ended up registering MacBookAir.com because it was like sort of like this leak rumor that that was going to be the domain. Um, so I registered it just out of the blue, you know, just for fun, and then it ended up being the MacBook Air. I actually ended up giving that to Apple. They, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to ask, how many has Apple purchased off of you? Or or did you just, out of the kindness of your heart, give it to them? No, I just gave, like, honestly, I, that one was weird because um, I registered it, like, right before it came out. And then I said, I feel like, I don't know where I said it. I was like, oh, if Apple, you know, I was like, I just, people were like, uh, I, I originally pointed it to Apple before it came out. So people thought that was like, oh, it's, it's definitely going to happen. But I was like, no, 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 I just did that. And then I said, I was just doing it for fun and then it came out and I said well if Apple wants it they're welcome to it and so someone from Apple emailed me about it and I'm like, like yeah all right we want this one there are you go. still, you're gonna hold Apple watch over their head though I mean <laughs> what's, what's what I don't know I don't feel like I, I feel like Apple's weird they don't actually register all their like product domains I think there's especially now some point really to it right I feel like they uh, they're quite comprehensive now they 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 do seem to register quite a lot yeah so you're like the insider trading of website domains because you get the leaks and info beforehand and then you go buy it out. I haven't actually like, I haven't like made money on it. Like it's not like, a, okay. it's not like a trading situation. I just like the applewatch.com is just a point of pride. Just that's respectable. Yeah, so. That's, that's, that's respectable. Um, but you also own other websites or you have some, some of them maybe not so much anymore. Yeah. But. We spun off a couple around the time the app store launched Okay, for various reasons. Those have been like less, you know, I think uh, app shopper was uh, a price tracking uh, website for the app store. And I think at, 
initially it did really well. Like, but then Apple got weird about like um, anything that was App Store aggregating, like any sort of indexes or anything. They wanted to be the the gate, the like the front door to the App Store, and mm -hmm. rather than have any other. And I think this was again a lot of issues sort of came up around this. Uh, so ultimately, we shut down App Shopper. Touchercade still uh, is running, but um, again, there were some specific challenges, I think, not necessarily Apple related, but um, some Apple related, but uh, I think the free to play, rise of free to play really um, sort of eliminated a big need for a lot of like review sites, like at least compared to like console games and stuff, so. So where do you see the Apple news space going now, looking ahead? Um, and obviously there's been so much change over the last 20 or so years, but do you have any sense of where things are, where things are going now? I mean, like I said, I think publishing is sort of a weird, in a weird place now where a lot of, um, obviously everything is, a lot of stuff has gone on social media. And I think, you know, there are probably random teenagers on TikTok that have a huge audience of Apple people following for iPhone content or whatever. Um, so I, I think in terms of staying relevant, you probably have to lean into social I think from a news publishing standpoint, I mean, we're still going strong in what we do traditionally. And I think some of that won't completely go away, but I think there's going to be challenges with that and like with AI stuff. And Well, yeah, that was the other thing I was going to ask you is can you see uh, generative AI changing the sort of Apple news landscape? I mean, I think it's going to change all publishing. Um, I, I know there's a lot of sort of controversy right now about like, you know, because where do they get their content from? Um, but I think ultimately, I think feel like Mac, the reason Mac rumors exists is because, um, people want to know when the next something comes out or, or if they should wait for, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of it's buying decisions. So if you can like suddenly ask whatever AI search engine there is, you know, like when's the next iPhone 15 coming out and what features does it have? And it's able to consolidate that information all at once. I don't know. That's threatening to a lot of businesses. Yeah, I, I don't know if it would be able to gather that sort of information. I mean, it would have to gather it from yeah, existing from content yeah. sites. So, so that's where it's a little yes. weird. Thinking about, you've, you've seen over the years, you've seen these devices come out like the iPod, the iPhone, the iPad, the Apple Watch, and seen the sort of rumor cycle ramping up for these things over the years. But what did you feel about the headset? Do you feel that this is going to be like the next iPhone moment or, or are you skeptical of that? Well, what's interesting is that the iPhone moment hasn't really been replicated because yeah so, so iPhone was like massive in terms of um, you know new platform new everything changed the whole ecosystem and then since then the iPhone still remains like the most um, you know the, everything the product that people are most interested in I mean despite the iPad the iPad did really well overall but um, people don't care as much and same with Apple Watch, I guess it's a bit more of an appliance. It's been a slow burn, Apple Watch. Yeah. yeah, AirPods, I think, have probably been like one of the most successful products. Yeah. But again, you're not really looking for AirPod, AirPods content generally, because except if one of your AirPods stops working. <laughs> yeah, I know that quite a bit. That's one of our best videos. Fix <laughs> your AirPods. Yeah. Uh, but the headset's interesting in that um, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be mainstream for the mainstream audience at the beginning. So it's hard to know what that means in terms of like interest and like what people can do with it. And even if it is interesting, if it's if it's you know out of the price range of you know the average consumer, then I don't know how interesting it can be. Um, also, I'm very skeptical about ARVR in terms of um, you know have a, I have a Oculus or whatever, and um, I don't know. It's just it takes too much effort to put it on and like set up and do it. Like I just don't do it. So. I feel like it's the opposite of where um, I think the big growth of mobile gaming was convenience. Like you can just pull out your phone and play a game while you're standing in line. 
um, versus sitting down at a console. But I feel like this is going the opposite direction in terms of like convenience. You're like, you have to put on, I mean, again, AR, maybe if the glasses are small enough, you can wear it all around. That's one thing, but I don't feel like that tech is there yet. But again, Apple, Apple you know, obviously Apple knows how to do things well. So. Arn sounds like me. I'm a skeptic. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know what I would use it for. And I feel like, you know, I, it is convenience. Like the glasses, that makes a lot more sense. But having a whole headset and then the bat, what do you feel? How do you feel about the battery pack? So, yeah, I, I don't, I haven't been following it all that closely. I guess that. <laughs> you need to read some Mac rumors. <laughs> well, again, it's sort of like, it's just, I feel like we've been talking about it a lot for a yeah. long time. So what is battery pack the current like relief that, it's I mean, again, pretty, it seems pretty concrete that it's, it's not going to be wireless. Be, um, but it's going to also be a high-end device, right? Like, not like for, I don't know. Like three grand? Yeah. Ish. So, I don't know. what I don't know what that means. Like, well, it's so like a who's gonna, cord that, like, attaches and you wear it around your waist for the battery pack. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it sounds, I mean, it's not meant for, like, yeah. you know, the random person walking around the street, I guess. It's probably meant for... I don't know, high-end applications. We're, we're just so confused on who they're targeting here. Well, with I it. Think Until they actually, this for everyone, but right. the reality will be quite different from that, I think. Yeah, and Apple's, I'm, again, I don't know, I haven't followed the, these rumors that closely, but, uh, you know, Apple, hopefully Apple surprised people. We'll see. I feel like the, when the iPhone was launching, everyone thought it was going to be an iPod with a, you know, with a, with a dial, like with a yeah. number, with a phone built-in essentially because well, you can only compare to those existing products so i feel like a lot when we talk about this headset we are imagining uh you know the meta quest and just imagining an apple meta quest but we're not imagining uh exactly how apple will take it in a completely different direction um and that's, that's the other thing that's interesting with rumors as well is just trying to piece that together and get a sense of it ahead of time i feel like is yeah no and i think that's especially with so i think from a rumor perspective i think generally Apple, and I know this, I'm going to sound biased, but generally rumors are pretty accurate. Like as we lead into product launches, um, there's always a few stragglers that are wrong or really wrong. But mostly I feel like when um, when the keynote happens, everyone's like, okay, that's what I expected. And there might be a surprise here or there, but generally it's well well known. But the reason the iPhone, the iPhone didn't leak was because it was announced six months before it was released. So they had the luxury of doing that where they're like, okay, well, we can tell everyone about it before we start like ramping up production. So same with the headset, you know, th this is their opportunity to like surprise you because um, they don't have to worry about cannibalizing ex existing sales. Like if they, you know, if they start do doing iPhone announcements or if they start waiting to produce the new iPhone till like they announce it, then it'll be too late. It'll be like six months later. So we'll see, maybe Apple will surprise us with the headset. And I'm assuming that the other reason why the iPhone was able to be more locked down in terms of leaks and rumors was because it was a, it was a different internet back then. Now in a, where, in a situation where everyone does actually have an iPhone and a camera in their pocket where to actually leak things and has social media um, to be able to set up these Twitter accounts mm -hmm. to share this information more easily. Um, it's a little bit of a, a sort of a, a different a different environment for this stuff. It sort of it, it makes leaking stuff um, so much easier and more accessible. It's possible, maybe. I mean, I'm not sure if I believe that. I feel like because again, like I feel like during iPhone launch, the rumors were crazy. It was like a lot of talk, a lot of buzz on the internet even before the you know release of the iPhone. Um, but I do think um, what's different also is that Apple is such a huge company now. Like before the iPhone, I mean, Apple's always been a big company, but um, I feel like before iPhone, it was sort of like um, people looked at it as like, oh, those are like the Mac users. It's like a whole, it's like a small niche of uh, 
computer users. Whereas now Apple is such like a monster company that everyone, you know, there's no way like someone hears something about Apple and it's like, oh, is anyone going to be interested in this? Like, obviously. <laughs> We've said that a few times. <laughs> I'm like, does anyone really care about this? But you're right. Someone, lots of people will care. Um, circling back on something, did we talk about what your biggest or what our biggest rumor miss was maybe back more when you were doing a lot of the bulk of the writing? Like, was there something you were so dead set on? Like, this is happening. We've got sources. We got good info. Uh, and then it something did, that we predicted it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. Or, or we can go another way in like you didn't report, like you didn't believe that it was going to be real or like you didn't believe your sources and it ended up being real. And another website maybe took that scoop from yeah. you. I mean, so what comes to mind. So in terms of like, things that didn't come true. It was probably, most of it was probably related to the first iPhone. Again, it, everyone sort of rumors, I think even we reported some original stuff that was related to like essentially an iPod with phone capabilities. Okay. Like that's what everyone was expecting and that's sort of what everyone was reporting. So that was a big surprise from Apple in terms of like how amazingly, like such a big jump on the iPhone, the original iPhone. In terms of like things that we missed, I mean, this one comes to mind not because we had the opportunity, but because it was such a huge leak was the iPhone 4. Gizmodo had yeah. stolen or yeah. lost iPhone 4. Yeah. Like, and they paid money for it, which was questionable. Mm -hmm. um, we weren't off, like, it's not like someone said, hey, you know, I have this and, you know, would, would Mac rumors be interested? We, we, we didn't get the opportunity, but I remember thinking how insane that whole situation was. Like, the phone's law, it seems like a soap opera, you know, like, there's so much, so many moving parts. So someone lost the phone, someone found the phone, someone sold it to a gadget site. And then they had all these photos, like insane, like yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's, I won't ask you what you would do in that situation. That's a whole, I don't think know, we would have, I don't think we would have. I don't think so. I mean, there's just something questionable about that whole thing. It was situation. too much, it was too much. Yeah. And then I know Apple, like, I think Steve Jobs specifically was very angry with Gizmodo for a long time after that. I don't think they've ever been added to anything right or are they start they've changed i mean they change ownership now so okay so who knows um do you have any questions for us as your employees <laughs> i throw in a curveball um or just how we are feeling and working i don't know i don't know i mean i guess i feel like i know i don't think i have any questions that are gonna surprise me so much um i guess um yeah, it's interesting, like that you grew up with Mac rumors. I guess is sort of uh, I hadn't really talked to you about that. Um, yeah, so I, thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, so that, that that that's a it's a very surreal experience for me. So I was born in um, 1999, so just before the the website <laughs> just launched. Under the, yeah, um, and then I got into uh, Apple rumors around 2000. And, 11 time when it was the iphone 5 and all the talk of the a, a bigger display and uh i had an ipod touch and i was sort of really interested um in in sort of that would be my first iphone um and yeah so, you then? uh so i would have been about well, 12, 12 yeah <laughs> okay um and uh yeah since uh, ever ever since then just checking it every day because it's so it's so compelling and, and compulsive um, to just sort of to refresh a site and see what new stories are coming and seeing how things develop. And of course, the, the great thing about it, there is almost something sort of soap opera-like about it, the way that uh, you, you can check every day and see the stories develop and sort of piece it together for yourself and keep track of things. And so for me, it was quite uh, quite like a, a sort of natural uh, natural thing that, that grew my, my interest over time. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. So my high school interactive media teacher would like show us news and rumors from Mac rumors. <laughs> and it was like, I was 2007 was my senior year and that was when the iPhone was launched. So like we were really all over it when 
like the iPhone came about and like, that's when I was really like reading it on a regular basis because I wanted a phone so bad like that. And I didn't get one for like, I didn't get an iPhone until like 2012 or 11, maybe it was a while, but yeah, I mean, we were being shown this in school. So imagine how widespread Mac rumors really is. People are learning about it in class. I, I always find the surprising thing is just actually how widespread it is. Going back to something we were saying earlier, I feel like you either you either know it and get it completely or you have no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a great thing. Um, like I was at a, a wedding a few weeks ago and so everyone sort of says to you, oh, you know, what do you do? What mm-hmm. do you do? What do you And um, it's, it's everyone says, oh, no I've, never, no, I've never heard of that. But then you get you come across people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I read yeah. that. I read that all the time. And so it's always sort of completely one or the other. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a split. And that's why, like, when people ask me what I do, I'm kind of like, you know, I kind of test the water. Yes. Yeah. And I'm there, you know, if they have a blank look on their face, I'm like, it's just a news blog, you know. Yeah. It's sort of, even that sort of, it it understates it because it's hard to convey. Um, sort of its scale and the the intensity actually of the sort of the Apple news world is really quite surprising from the outside. I feel like a lot of people just think, you know, well, why why do you care? You know, why do why do people care? But of course, there is actually such a broad range of people that are so engaged beyond just buying decisions. It's it's also, I mean, even to the point where, uh, particularly say with uh, you know like uh, Mark Gurman at Bloomberg, where it does actually affect the markets as well. You know, it can get it can get pretty big some of this stuff. Um, what's interesting is when I've met people in the past, there's uh, usually if they do know Mac rumors, they know it of one of three ways. One is like they, they visit and read the news site, which is, um, you know, obviously like a big part of it. Um, historically, some people just know the forms in terms of, uh, you know, it used to be that you Googled anything about Apple and a, form, a Mac rumors form thread would pop up. And so we ended up getting a lot of random people troubleshooting. Right. And then the third category are is people that just use a buyer's guide. And they're like, oh yeah, I go to the buyer's guard, you know, once a year or whatever, like whenever I'm looking to buy something, but they don't visit otherwise regularly. So it's an interesting split. For the YouTube channel specifically, it's like, oh, I was looking up a review on the iPhone and I saw your face. <laughs> like, I, I, I do know this. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's always awkward. Um, but I mean, how many times have I Googled something recently about like, oh, how does this work? Like, I don't remember what the setting is and it's always forums. Like, what's it like having a, crazy active community still after like 23 years there's not a lot of forums i feel like that still exists yeah, they're still they're still clung on that prominently yeah. too you know yeah no i the forums have always been a big piece of mac rumors i think they've definitely been on decline over the last 10 years due to social media um so i think traditional forums are um i've i mean i could talk about forums a lot but traditional forums have not aged well over the years um it's the format. It looks just looks dated. I mean, the whole way the threads are set up. I think people, people who aren't familiar, come into it, and it's a bit confusing. It's a bit lost. Versus sort of the simplicity of like a Facebook thread or like, um, or any other like social media. Um, although Twitter is sort of hard to parse too if you're if you're not familiar with it. I feel like it delivers a more sort of focused experience because you're not being you're not being drawn into other content in the way that you inevitably are on social media or even on something like Reddit. Um, there is something sort of charming and focused about a forum that I think still has a lot of appeal to people. I think, I mean, I always thought there were certain advantages on the forum, especially because social media tends to be so fleeting. Um, there's no archival nature to like a lot of it. Um, and I think the discussions on the forums can, like people can write pages of yes, responses, yeah. whereas like um, on Twitter or on Facebook or on other social media, the responses tend to be very short. No one's going to write a novel about like something. 
Partly because it might be so fleeting. Yes, well, we, we see that with the with with news in particular. It's always surprising how mu- how much sort of how many comments and how much engagement we actually get on news as it develops and seeing how people react to it. I always read um, almost all the comments on 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 uh, at least the articles that I write because right. it's it's really interesting to when I've written the article then to actually get all these different perspectives and opinions coming in about it really directly. Um, so it, it adds an extra dimension, which I also feel is quite unique to Matt Rumors as well that we get that with our news. Yeah, I think um, from a news or blog perspective, I think our form hybrid form comment system has been an asset in that you're right. I think the discussions can get deeper. They can get heated too. But um, I think uh, the trend (laughs) over the years has been to eliminate comment sections because they can get so difficult to manage. Um, But I think we've retained that. And that's been a big part of the identity. It's like people like, you know, people love to complain, of course. I mean, uh, famously, they're the original iPod thread that still you can still. Oh read yeah, it. yeah, that's great. Um, Many comments are on that. I don't know. We closed it at some point. Uh, people aren't adding to it still, okay. but people were not happy about the original iPod, <laughs> and um, everyone was saying it was going to fail. And it's it's a really great thread. To read. You should bring it back up and then just quote. Com- I don't know what you call them in forums, but like highlight the ones that said it would fail and be like, "How do you how do you feel yeah, now?" I'm pretty sure yeah. we've we've quoted them when we've done like uh, you know, anniversary posts for the iPod because mm. it's always really interesting to to look back and yeah. it, it's hard to imagine what people really had a problem with at the time, but. It goes to show how now when we're very skeptical of the headset, it's kind of the same thing that um, you know we, we just don't know yet. In the sports world, there's like a Twitter like freezing cold takes, and it like anytime someone's like this person's gonna be a bust, and they end up being like amazing, they come back and like kind of make them eat crow a little bit. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have. I think this was honestly so enlightening for people who are you know hardcore fans even just those who have come to the site a few times listen to the podcast and don't really know like i learned stuff that was new today and just like it's cool to have these conversations so if you if this wasn't so painful should definitely come on again maybe after the headset or something and you know something big we can we can talk about your yeah i'm getting your thoughts all right cool great all right catch everyone the next episode